in case you missed it on Newsbreak. So yes, that was the budget speech 2019. We're just going to spend some time now dissecting the speech with our um, economics lecturer from the University of Kozilin Natal joining us today in studio, Ayanda Meiwa. And I think what stood out for you in the speech, so much that was covered, uh, for you specifically, what was really the takeaway? Well, you know, as part of what I do in the... Yeah. In the in the university, thank you uh, for that. Mm. As part of what I do in the university, I actually look at the historical developments in mm. our political economy. It's very interesting what Edomboni said there that um, the treasury is not the end of any other state institution in uh, South Africa, because trends, economic trends, rather, have been showing that the treasury under the former administration of our former president, uh, Jacob Zuma, has been more focused on using the state coffers for for the development of the country, including um, infrastructural development on our convictions as the... on our convictions as the... Um, as the developmental state. But part of doing that has been also to actually reach out to the... Reserve Bank yeah. and use the Reserve Bank as a vehicle for development. Yeah. Now, under such an administration as South Africa, which shows more signs of being a neoliberal economy, the Reserve Bank is only strictly concerned with making sure that inflation doesn't go out of control and also making sure that um, the rent keeps its strength. Mm-hmm. And that includes, you know, taking care of what kind of uh, in interest rates to, 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 to have and also what the repo rate ought to be. Yeah. yeah. Interestingly, however, while the former administration has been doing that, trying to bring the, 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 the Reserve Bank or the Central Bank of the country into, into the party for development, the Reserve Bank has been rather reluctant. In fact, has been strictly against that. And South Africa has found a lot of uh, antagonism between state departments. So it's interesting that Titombaweni uh, clarifies today that um, the National Treasury is not an enemy to any other institution, yeah. especially state institutions. And I think I'll just interrupt us. They yes. will take our news bulletin. Oh, yeah. Yes, we'll be staying a little bit more with the budget analysis, the post-budget reaction after Finance Minister Tito Mboweni tabled his budget in the National Assembly a short while ago. I'm joined today in studio by uh, economics lecturer at the University of KwaZulu-Natal, Ayanda Meiwa. And um, yes, we were you know, talking about your general thoughts. I think ESCOM was always going to dominate this conversation, Ayanda. And you know, we touched on it earlier when we were talking about, you know, um, uh, I think a finger shaken at ESCOM, get your act together, you caused the maladministration, you incurred the debt, you offset it, but we're going to give you a couple billion anyways. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Mm, your thoughts on that? Yeah. As I said earlier, the fact that we have a 23 billion rand set aside for p- 
per year to the future indefinitely. Well, I would like to just know what exactly is it that the state is doing in so far as the appointment, for example, of the appropriately skilled engineers in ESCOM plants and mm. the appropriately skilled managers in um, the business units of ESCOM. Because this thing of shuffling ministers to different parts of strategic places or states' machines like um, the state-owned enterprises without really analyzing their skills, for example, and their experience is really a, a questionable thing that is setting us up for uh, failure. I think this is inviting a further downgrade, you see, Taresh. Mm. Why am I saying that? If, this, if the country cannot produce adequate electricity to sustain current economic activity, the question becomes, with the government planning to have uh, more private investment coming into the country mm. in order to grow the economy and create jobs and reduce unemployment, what should we suppose the extended investors or the people from overseas who are coming to, 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 to plant their monies through creating more firms and more, more, more businesses. Mm. What should we suppose they will say concerning electricity generation and its inability to accommodate further yeah. economic activity? And, and you got a question then, is that going to put government debt higher? Because, you know, government debt revised upward and what we understand at this stage, just minutes after the budget speech concludes, 2% decline in the rand already. Just in this first uh, few weeks of the of the of of of, uh, of the um, of the year, mm-hmm. exactly. I mean, the decline in the rent can go on for however long, but there is hardly any relationship between the fluctuations of the rent and the necessity to 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 to, to borrow some more or to increase government debt. When we look at uh, currency fluctuation. In this case, it can be caused by a lot of things, um, the politics, no less. But in terms of now the expenditure, which leads to more budget deficits or rather more government debt, which is a, the, the final consequence of it, mm. then it is a matter of where the state or what the state has prioritized. Now, South Africa seems to be constantly prioritizing um health, education, mm-hmm. and also relief expenditure, you know, the social grants, especially for foster care and also for um, child care. That's noble, but um, what you find is that this kind of expenditure is a no-returns kind of expenditure, mm. meaning we're just purchasing some more and not really investing anything. So there's nothing to be benefited from increasing. And that's just been a global and an ongoing debate about this welfare state South Africa wishes to create. But on to the issue of education, it's been a major uh, point of development for for South Africa and specifically in this budget, over 30 billion rand allocated to build new schools and maintain schooling infrastructure. I mean, that's almost an antithesis of what you're saying then, because that's likely to yield some sort of um, result on the investment. You're investing more into education means more Mm -hmm. skilled people, uh, more, more skilled South Africans, you know, uh, more um, valuable people on the job market. Uh, you think that's you know really wise to be investing in education? It's with, with such a big chunk of the budget. 
No, most certainly it is wise. I think you misheard me when I said the no returns. I was mm. referring to with respect to transfer payments. Yeah. Uh, so far as child grant is concerned. Mm. Uh, but education is obviously an investment into the skills base, into the economy, and that should always take priority, along with health. Mm. A healthy population, I believe, is a more productive population. Mm. And that's a billion rand. May we just pause for a second and look at that's a billion rand for the maintenance of yeah. um, the, the existing school infrastructure. Mm. What does that compare to these other kinds of expenditures like the bailout or also so fashionably called the guarantees these yeah. days <laughs> what does that compare 30 billion rand is a drop in the ocean compared to the 23 billion rand additional annual bailout of ESCOM um, into I mean additional to this 400 billion rand that has already been spent so I think the government can do more. Yeah. Uh, they are planning to build a hundred more schools, but I, I don't think it's actually necessarily going to be only 30 billion rand. Yeah. That is too little. What are your thoughts on the tax pronouncements pr- provided in this budget speech? I think very vague. I agree. It's very vague. I mean, they were very bold in telling us what the excise duties will be uh, mm. and the syntax will be. Um, <laughs> I heard in the in 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 the news, um, the reporter there said um, the substantial increase, twelve uh, percent in a can of beer, which is widely consumed, is uh, negligible. I think there'll be more people drinking this year, so it's an excellent way of raising revenue for <laughs> for the for the go. getting it back. Yeah. That's that's some sort of investment employed there. Exactly. State of the economy is quite sad, so you know, drink more and then but pay more, more and generate more revenue then to the government. I think that that's quite uh, quite a lucrative <laughs> uh, plan. But I think yeah. you no know, to, to to wrap it up now and and again on ESCOM, which has been the big one. Um, you know, when you look at um, where. ESCOM is going and, and and again back to the point of of it being vague. Uh, I think in the State of the Nation address, President Salomaposa talks about the bundling up of, 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 of ESCOM, three separate entities more information coming through from Tito Mboweni he said but I don't think they've touched on how the plan to actually split ESCOM if at all is going to materialise and I think that's also going to keep investors it's going to keep the credit raters all on tenterhooks now, and it doesn't bode well then for certainty mm. going forward from an investment or business perspective. Mm. I think on the point of ESCOM, he closed up by the remark that there will be more, there'll be some kind of intervention, you know, from the state, from the shareholders, which is common practice when um, there's somewhere there, mm. w- which is common practice in the in, in the private sector. He said that, you know, we must tighten guarantee rules and if a state-owned enterprise, for example, applies for a government guarantee for operational purposes, it'll be required to appoint a CRO in, in concurrence with the National uh, Treasury and its shareholders. My question is, what took them so long? Yeah. If guarantees will be applied for, especially for operational expenditure, on an annual basis for as long as the last seven years. Yeah. Why didn't they think of that sooner? Yeah, because it was dished out. Exactly. Mm. Mm. They should have thought it up. So I think we would be very far by now. However, 
he said that um, you know strategic uh, equity partners will be found wherever possible. I think strategic equity partners should be found and that should be made possible. Mm. What do I mean by that? The state-owned enterprises under government as sole, uh, sole um, shareholders most of, most of the time through the DPE are mismanaged. Finances are poorly handled. It's a well-known fact, almost widely accepted fact. Yeah. So it is quite necessary that we involve strategic equity partners. Why? Because when there's strategic equity partners and the sole, tr- the, the, the sole, tr- the sole uh, shareholder is government, then definitely these so-called strategic ones will be private. And since private equity partners are profit-oriented, they will see to it that the right measures are put in place in yeah. order to run things more efficiently. Yeah. What has to be done, however, because electricity tariffs are already skyrocketing, what has to be done is that the government must make a rule that we will not have further uh, increases in electricity tariffs, but whatever efficiency measures that are put in there, because by definition, to be more efficient means to produce more while being cost-effective. Yeah. I mean, I think you're completely right there in terms of, you know, one wonders what other creative solutions could have been put forward on this budget to try and deal with the energy crisis slash the ESCOM crisis. But I think I end a final question as we wrap up this conversation now. Um, I think and I think it's the main one for to, to help us understand now um, the impact this has on the consumer because here we have ESCOM at that, at that, that you know, state-owned enterprise level slash government level having a lot of mismanagement administration there. It's all filtering downward now. So how does this budget in its entire totality, looking at all allocations, all deficits, all debt even, what impact does it have on the consumer? Um, I think it's quite natural that the consumer will be paying more this year. Based on the forecast inflation, there will be more paid. The impact of ESCOM, however, and its electricity tariffs, subject to the availability of information about how much exactly the tariffs will be moving on, the impact is still yet to be determined, further calculations. But one thing we can all conclude on is that there will be um, more to be paid by a consumer, as is always the case. The challenge, however, is that not all these consumers are wage earners. So the more appropriate question is, what will be the impact on the poor person on the ground who still has to pay for electricity? It will be a devastating impact. Well, Ayanda, we thank you so much for your time helping us unpack the 2019 budget speech. We'll, I'm sure at a point, take it all forward with you over the course of the as the, you know, the uh, the financial year continues. But we thank you for your expert insight into this. Well, we're going to leave the broadcast there. It came your way courtesy of the team that was led by executive producer Salma Patel and the production team of Rachel Vadi and Talisha Naidu. News break. Lotus FM, powered by SABC News.